Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. I am Illegal86 and I am joined as always by my good friends Nerd Bomber and Tactic. Hello. Fun fact about me, and this is not a, this is not a joke and so we sp- typically spend like a good I don't know, half hour to an hour, maybe even longer sometimes, riffing before the before we hit the make the mics hot, you know. Usually I'm I'm spilling my guts about everything I've done that day, etc. to these fine folks. You know what I had for dinner today, guys? What? Ice cream. Oh, so we got to do a quick episode here because you're going to be running to the bathroom? Nope. Already did that. Done with that. I actually did. Ha- I had an immediate, I had a bathroom scare before logging on, but it was, it was a false alarm. We're, we're coming in real hot today, but yeah, had ice cream for dinner. I have no regrets. It's summer. All right. I don't have parents. Well, I do have parents, but like they don't, they don't live with me. Hey, you're doing they can't tell me right. what to do. You're also doing being a kid living in an adult's body right. So way to go, you. Let me ask you guys this pivotal question. Let's have a debate to start things off. Make the mics hot. You're going, you walk up to the local ice cream stand. All right. Guy opens a window. He's wearing like a, he's wearing one of those hats that ice cream workers wear. He says, soft serve or hard ice cream? What are you saying? That's I'll have follow-up questions. No, soft serve. What flavors? Whatever flavor you want. Just soft if, serve if, or hard if ice cream. If it's straight up. Either chocolate or vanilla. You're making this. You're making this too complicated. No, because the, you the, you asked a hard question. If okay, it's, that's fair. If it's, it's fair chocolate or vanilla are my only options. I'm going with the hard. But if they have like a pistachio soft serve or a blueberry soft serve or something with like a little pizzazz, oh, I'm going soft serve all day. No, there see, is the correct answer, and it's, it's chocolate vanilla twist soft serve. It's always soft it. serve because if you're going out to get ice cream. Like, you can't make soft serve at home. Unless you have a Ninja Creamy, That's then correct. you can get close. But it's not quite the same. You can't get soft serve at home. I can get hard ice cream at home. I don't need to go to an ice cream place to get that. I can Instacart that from my hard. local grocery store. You gotta get hard. I, I don't want to get hard. I want to get soft. I have Six never been soft. as much your friend as I've been right now. Because that's exactly the correct answer. Now, follow-up question. Sprinkles. What? No sprinkles. First of all, I'll die on that hill. That wasn't the what? question I was going to ask. Sprinkles. They're messy. They're messy. They taste like nothing. They're not good. They don't taste like nothing unless you go to a bad ice cream place. Don't you dare besmirch my ice cream place, which I will not be naming on the air, but don't you dare besmirch them. Waffle cone or Waffle like... Cone. No, sugar cone. Whatever the other cone oh, is. Oh, no, no, yeah, no. yeah, sugar cone. And I'm not talking about the like weirdly fluffy sugar cone. I'm talking about like the smaller scale oh, waffle cone. That's- waffle cone. Waffle cone. No, waffle cone is too big. What about, I think they're called cake cones. Yeah, the cake cone is zero. No, no, screw that. Sugar cone. Oh, you guys don't like styrofoam? No. You don't like styrofoam? I love the styrofoam. No styrofoam for me. Okay, I no longer feel like your friend. The problem with the styrofoam cone is that it has those little, like around the outer diameter of the cone, there's like little divots. And then you get ice cream stuck in those little damn divots. And every time you bite in, then it kind of like dribbles out and you make a mess. Now, sugar cone is the way to go. Waffle cone is too big. I appreciate a waffle cone, but they're too large. I'm not that in charge. My stance is basically not styrofoam. Whatever cone, give me fine, fine. Just not styrofoam. I love the styrofoam. I, unabashedly. So do you like Do you like going... So for anybody who's not like a Catholic Christian or has never been in their life... Oh, I love it. You love, love the it. little wafer at like Catholic Love Canadian? the little wafer. Oh, best part of my Sunday. <laughs> Getting the little wafer. Give me that nice body of Christ. <laughs> nice, nice little brec- breakfast treat. Yeah, it's, it, and I'm I'm glad you bring that up because they literally like I don't know which one like where there's a factory 
and they're making either those cones or the little the, the little, little Catholic wafer. breads. You know how and the, the off, top the is offage goes. The little wafer yeah, is just yes. the top that they punch out. Yeah, it's like they're like punching it out, and they're like, "All right, give these to the churches," and then they put the cones in the boxes and they ship them out. And they're all it's all good. I love all of it. I really hope this is all true. At online warriors one is our main show account on Twitter and Threads? Question mark. Still We're at online yet. warriors podcast on Threads. At online warriors podcast on Threads. I'm still just on Twitter at online warriors. No, at OWW86. We've had OW Tactic at OW Nerd Bomber. What's it's summertime? It's ice cream time. So yeah, hit us up there. Let us know what your ice cream. What you are you? Soft serve or hard ice cream guy? Are you a cake cone gal? Are you a waffle cone person? Let us know let's start a conversation actually today we are talking oh there there is one other option here you get your soft serve you get your soft serve in a bowl but within that bowl you have the waffle cone inside that's too complicated you've lost the ice cream stand worker they're like why would you do this they put put the cone on top so you can then have more ice cream and spoon it and not get slop everywhere no if i'm going to an ice cream again the bowl i could make a bowl of ice cream at home I can't make a cone at home. I actually probably could. I could probably, you can buy the cones at the grocery store. That's a known fact. But it's too hard. I want them to do it. So that's my official stance uh, on that. But yeah, go get some ice cream. Pause the podcast. Don't like turn it, like still listen to all of it. But right now, pause it. Go get some ice cream. Come back. You'll be glad you did. Maybe even do it for dinner. I'm here to tell you that it's okay. I did it and I'm still standing for now. We'll see what happens in the next hour or so. We're going to be talking about television and film today, which, you know, for those that aren't are not on the internet, I guess. Bit of a tumultuous industry right now. First we first we had the writers, and now we have uh, SAG-AFTRA. Is, uh, on, they are, as of this recording, on strike, and I, it seems like that one's going to be a bit. And allow me to get, get that, use that as a segue into our first topic. And, you know, we all kind of do a round table. What topics do we want? And Tactic just said, Bob Iger. That's all and it needs to be said, folks. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of meat on those bones. So I want to swing it over to you just so you can... There's a lot of reasons you might want to talk. He said a lot of stuff this week. So I want you to kind of direct me as to what which of his many comments you want to uh, have some discourse on. So I think where we should start as far as Bob Iger goes is the Marvel and Star Wars side of it. Because I want to ease into the... The I want to start nice. The strikey stuff. I want to start yeah. nice. You know. So sure. The news with regards to well, one of the many things with regards to Bob Iger is that he says that there will be reducing spending and creation on new Marvel and Star Wars content. Yes, please. For which the is love which of God, is good. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which 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 is good. I think we're all agreeing that it's good. I, I guess I don't want to speak for you, nerd bomber, but like. I mean, haven't we all been saying for a while this is this is good stuff? I, I've been seeing a lot of like. I don't, I don't know if you guys are aware of this. There's a Marvel show going on right now called Secret Invasion, which I feel appears like to be bad. dropping a bunch of bombs. It, well, it appears that to be dropping a bunch of bombs about like characters it. that have been... Yeah, there's like characters that have been scrolls that like they're revealing have been scrolls since like Endgame. And I'm like, I see the clip on Twitter and I'm like, I don't care. Like it's I, You've made me not care. It, like Samuel L. Jackson's in it. He's back as Nick Fury. Like he's doing stuff. I should be very invested in this and i am not and why is like why is that i think they're finally starting to ask that question because if you also like i saw a tweet and i don't have the numbers in front of me right now but like these shows have like movie budgets or bigger than movie budgets like secret invasions budget multiple hundreds of millions of dollars which is just bananas 
Like they're just writing blank checks over there to make a show that I really don't think many people are watching. I, I, I this is the thing with streaming is that the numbers are murky. We don't know how many people are watching. It sure doesn't seem like much just from my perspective. So I think it may be time to to dial back a bit on the Marvel stuff. And I, you know, Star Wars. I think maybe less so, but it's 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 in a similar similar situation where let's maybe do something new. Like, is that you know? Well, now that that said, the question really should follow is, well, where where are they going to divert that cash, right? And hopefully, the answer is back into their Indiana employees, or will oh. it go to the CEOs? pockets like the answer is really really critical and where that money gets diverted if it's just to you know stock buybacks uh ceos just pocket change or or is it going to i don't know maybe writers hmm. i think hmm. it's well i think it's more so i first of all i think if you think the money is going to be diverted to actors and writers and people who are like doing the work i think you're i think you're full you're, you're, you're deluded i think the better question is more what new projects might those monies and creation powers be diverted to which probably the answer realistically is that we don't know because there are things that haven't been announced yet but i like that like i like i like the idea of that and i'd like when they brought willow back granted that was an existing ip too but i was and i didn't watch it but i was like this seems like a cool thing like let's have more stuff like this that's just kind of like out of the blue not associated with a universe you know not a live action remake of something did willow get Great, removed more of that. from disney plus i believe willow's already gone i don't know for sure but that sounds right willow disney plus well the f- people also ask why was willow removed from disney plus so yes may 27th they removed it from disney plus uh you can't watch it don't even try watching it it was new content it's gone forget it it came out november 30th and by may 27th it was gone so that's cool let's let's talk more about bob Iger. let's talk about his and now can we get mean do i have permission to get mean i think it's time to be get mean, mean. one of the things he said is like this wasn't he the one who was like the strategy here is just like wait for people to lose their apartments yeah it was something like that they were all being unrealistic with their expectations or something like that and they can just wait them out until they lose their homes yeah which like you know first of all that's a horrible thing to to hope for and do and say and just there's a lot of things bad about that second of all let me just throw this out there not a good strategy like i would i would argue who is going to be more resilient in this situation and i've seen tweets arguing this very thing of like the most pampered ceos ever who need things to go their way at all times or writers who tend to have to work very hard for everything they get and are used to living in adverse conditions quite frankly i mean you know one of the things that's been constantly chorused throughout the writer's strike and now uh, you know the sag after strike is like when you think of sag and when you think of the wga you think of like you know people like oh boy I don't know, Chris Evans or like a big, a big actor who's, you know, got it made in the shade, a lot of money. And you're like, why are they striking? They're rich. The vast majority of SAG members, WGA members, and in particular WGA members, because they're like the unsung heroes, are pretty dirt poor, like are not making that kind of money, do not have any kind of safety net to fall back on. But again, they are used to that. They they're are scrappy then. Yes, that for lack of a better term, like they're in those conditions constantly. So I think for Bob Iger to say, you know, oh, we'll just wait him out. Like, doesn't seem like a good strategy to me. <laughs> like, like, do you want to know what they're nice saying? Oh, we'll just wait him out. <laughs> or if you're Ron Perlman, you're like, I will light your house on fire. I don't know Dude, if you guys that was that. that was absolutely <laughs> wild. Like, I think one yeah. of the craziest things to me on 
both, you know, sides of the proverbial strike line here is, or I guess I should have said picket line because that would have made more sense. But like how open they're being. Like you literally oh, have yeah. biologers saying, fuck all y'all. Sorry for my language. And then you also have I'm not. Ron Perlman saying, we're going to burn your house down, Bob. Like out in the open. Like even Break if this out is, the yeah. guillotine. Well, it's like even if this was something you were thinking in your head, like usually this type of stuff is not publicized and yet in this strike it is and it's fascinating to me and i don't know if that's a result of you know living in the age of social media where like ron perlman can just hop on his phone and make a video or or what but like i don't think we've seen anything this transparent at least in the last couple decades so this is very interesting to me revolution i think it it, it seems like and you know sitting at the crux of a lot of this and and i think one of the core concerns of sag in particular and rightfully so is the use of ai likenesses you know we're seeing this becoming we're seeing this become more and more common popular cost effective for studios and you know everything i've heard has been that the i think it's the AFTMP. there's a the mp is movie producers there's like a there's like a guild of movie producers that from everything i've heard are being extremely unreasonable about all this stuff well the craziest thing i heard was that they would basically pay a background actor for one day of pay and then you know scan their their likeness likeness and be able to use it in perpetuity with ai and like could you imagine you get paid for one day of work i guess getting scanned what have you and then like 15 years later you're like you know what i'm gonna go see this movie and you see yourself and you're and like you're a nazi it, yeah. or yeah, something they freaking did that to me have you ever seen a show called succession <laughs> they that's, that's true that did happen to you i was i was wondering if you were gonna bring that up yeah no i i just it's, it's crazy and you know you're seeing things too and there's been a lot of stuff before any of these strikes happened about the horrible mistreatment of well actually what i really mean to say is that visual effects artists they don't i don't think they have a guild they don't have a union as far as i know so the reason that you're seeing so many things being cgi'd in instead of like set designed it's because set designers have unions and you know, it seems like it's a lot easier to subjugate and exploit visual effects, you know, artists. So that's why, and like, I think that's maybe the next piece of the puzzle. That's the next, what's the word I'm looking for? The next domino to fall in this whole thing is like, eventually it's just going to be all these people against the producers and the CEOs. And the producers and the CEOs are going to be like, come on. Everyone's going to be like, no, give us more money. If you think it's going to end in the entertainment industry, I mean, this, this just seems like, a huge union boom like holistically well ups ups is the other one that they haven't they haven't gone on strike yet but i think they are poised to later this again as we're as of our recording unless they've reached a deal since like i heard about it this morning i think they're poised to potentially strike which would be like that would be like a really big deal that would be like billions upon billions of dollars a day being lost so yeah I don't know. It's a tumultuous time. I guess so that's hot. why you didn't have dinner. So you um, have room to eat the rich. <laughs> that's, oh boy. I like what you did there, but that's, no, I just, I was just like, some days you're just like, I don't just, I'm just lazy. Just give me some ice cream. But yeah, no, it's all crazy. Bob Iger, really out of touch. I think that's really the main point here. Bob Iger, you suck. But yeah, nice yeah, job. Stuff about Disney and, <laughs> yeah, D- Disney and Marvel cutting back the spending and the creation. I mean, I think it's, it's like multiple years too late that you're reaching that conclusion but at least you've made it to the conclusion i don't know which i guess circle back to point one of you're out of touch yeah pretty much let's let's stay with the fantastical for our next topic and let's talk about one of hollywood's favorite golden boys timothy shamalama and his 2023 film 
Wonka. Release date for December 15th just got its first trailer in this past week. And do we start with the Hugh Grant Oompa Loompa or do we save that for the end? Because wow, that was was, nightmare fuel. Yeah, very like uncanny valley. Like obviously it was him, but it almost looked like they had scanned his AI likeness and (laughs) forced it to dance as an Oompa Loompa. And it was very unsettling. If sleep paralysis was a character in a movie... I think it would be him, you know, just, and they saved it for that last little, like coming in December. And then they showed him like doing that stuff at the end. That was like, they're like, we're going to leave you with this. This is the fastest pitch this movie has. Look, I don't want to be a downer about this movie. Like I, should it be remade? No, I guess. Is it a remake? It's let's, let's start with that. Not, uh, it's not it's a remake. Like the origin it's story of Willy Wonka, which, okay. Interesting concept. I don't know if I yeah. needed it though. I have the perfect comparison that I have been like super excited to make all day long thinking about this show. This had the same fantastical elements that nobody gave a shit about as the 2020 movie Doolittle. Oh, I forgot about that. It like it gave the exact same vibes, and I guarantee you, it's going to do just as poorly. But Doolittle Wait, was what? like what? actually bad, right? I forgot about Doolittle. Well, Doolittle like. It, first of all, I think it was actually bad. I didn't see it. Doolittle, like, that was a totally different Dr. Doolittle than the Dr. Doolittle. Like, yeah, it was when I think Dr. Robert Doolittle, Jr. When I think Dr. Doolittle, I think Eddie Murphy in, like, the 90s or the 2000s, whenever it was, talking to animals. Yes, it's like a fantastic. Doolittle, the Robert Downey Jr. was a... It, in fairness, was a big reimagining that I think just totally missed the mark. It was like a John Carter kind of thing where they like they had a big idea and it just missed the mark completely. So I don't know if I don't know if I agree that, uh, with that comparison too much. This is just like they. I put, want I want you to take the homework assignment and watch the trailer for Doolittle, and then watch the trailer for Wonka, and you will. Do I have to? I mean, it's your homework assignment. Uh, fair enough. I just like I I very much resent. Like, I, I like Timothy Chalamet. I resent Hollywood for forcing him to do a Gene Wilder impression as one of the most beloved characters in cinema. Like, he is going to fail. Well, did you see... He, he, he's going to fail and it's not his fault. It, it's kind of where I'm going with this. Is like, I feel bad for him. He has to do this. It's like his job is Hollywood's golden boy and it's going to go so badly. I do prefer him to depp though this is a better rendition than johnny depp Depp was so different depp depp was like tim burton did one of his fever dream things and it was just supposed to be dark and scary like gene wilder hates that rendition of this movie and i guarantee you he will much much more prefer this the thing that probably but like is that the was it the director or the casting director said that they chose timothy chalamet based on like his youtube videos of himself rapping and so like yes i didn't hear that so there better be a rap scene in yeah does that mean that he's going to rap like that's the thing that really sold him as willy wonka like i just i want to know how that vibe because i of course then went and looked those up i want to know how that vibe played into the casting decision here aside like they could have just said oh he's one of the hot young actors coming up in hollywood right now but instead they were like no we saw his rapping YouTube videos. Do you want to know what I bet you it was? I bet you it was they they saw that cologne commercial and they didn't want to say, mm, I saw that cologne commercial. It was like, mm, Timmy, 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 Timmy. So they were just like quickly Googled something. I just think it's very, and we've talked about this before with many of the like remakes and like, yeah, I guess you can count the Tim Burton thing, but like unearthing a movie and, a, and an interpretation of a character that is like, what, 40 years old? I don't even know when Willy Wonka came out. It's been so long. Like, it just feels so hollow. And like, I don't think it's poised to succeed. The production value looks high. The cast 
is star studded. I don't know if any of that matters. Like I, I, just, I just, that's, I, I don't know. I can't feel good about it. You know, they, I want to feel good about it, but I can't. My main issue is the casting of Timothy Chalamet. And the reason why is because if it, he looks so young. Okay. And I know this is like, that's the point. And I get that, but he looks too young. And if it was like the part of it when he was traveling, like what they showed in the very beginning of the trailer, and it focused on that before he started the factory, I would have been for it. But because it was like the starting point of the factory, it feels like he should have been more like traveled and like aged at that point. That like, because I like to think that Willy Wonka, like Gene Wilder's Willy Wonka, started the factory very shortly after we seen the golden ticket appear, right? It wasn't just this this factory that's just been there for years and years and years and years and years and no one's allowed to be in there. That it, was, that it was only there for like a few years. People knew it was magic, but no one went in and then this ticket happened. And so no, that's I why- No, I don't think that's true. I, I mean, he was, if you remember from the original movie, he's trying to retire. Presumably he's had the factory for a while. Is that so? Like I, 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 I haven't yeah, seen that movie he, in a long time. Char- Charlie is his replacement. Spoiler alert. Oh, uh, yeah. Charlie is his replacement. The whole thing is like him training a replacement. So I think the factory's been around for a minute. And so you think it makes my sense with the aging and the character choice? I guess I guess that's fair. I, I'm coming around I think, to I it. Think it. Yeah, I think it makes sense. I just like... And and again, I feel like I'm saying the same thing I've said about so many remakes of like, this movie, watching the trailer, I'm like, this is a, this is a kid's movie. But kids who were born within the past... I don't know, 10 years, probably have absolutely no knowledge of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. So you're making this movie and you are trying to both introduce them to a character and also call back to a character that they have no knowledge of in a world that they have no knowledge of. It's it's doomed to fail. Like, make a new character. It's It shouldn't be that hard. Make a character that's similar, but not him. Even that, I think, would be better. It's just like, this is, you're trying to have your cake and eat it too. And they're always doing this. And yeah, it just, it, it it bothers me i also think that like a lot of the charm of the willy wonka story based on the original road doll classic is like there is a kooky chocolate factory full of like danger like it's there's kind of a darkness to it and i think that's why the tim burton movie was made is like he's like he turns a girl into a giant blueberry yeah he kills kids you think this one's gonna kill kill kids kids, basically (laughs) no but like that's the point. This is this is almost trying to like rose colored glasses it and like you know the original Willy Wonka movie is like also kind of a cautionary tale. This has I don't think any intent of being that. It's just it feels so far flung from its inspiration that they're just they just have to be stealing the name. And I don't I don't love that. I mean it looks like again the production value looks high, has a great cast. It may make them some money, but at what cost? you know like that's just when i watch the trailer i'm like this looks bad you know like it just it it feels like a sin i feel like it could go one of two ways it could either go like tech said the doolittle way where it is horrific and not horrific just no one cares well no people said it was like really bad like it got a really bad yeah i I believe it's i'll google that right now but go on or it could be sort of like the greatest showman which if i I, and I might be talking out of my butt here, but I want to say it had a really kind of like weak theatrical start. But then, you know, word of mouth, people were like, hey, this was actually pretty like decent. You should go watch this. And then it kind of came became like a little cult classic sort of thing. I feel like it could go one of those two ways. But I don't think this thing is going to like sell gangbusters unless, you Doolittle know. Doolittle got 15% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like I said, horrific. 70, 76% audience score, but tomato meter, 15 not very good. Pretty bad, actually. Yeah, I don't know. Again, I don't I don't want to like really rain on this parade too hard, but I kind of do. Why would you do this? Don't do it. 
you shouldn't have done it like I, I don't know for timothy chalamet's sake i hope it does well because i do like him and again i feel like he's been given an impossible job but honestly but, even if this flops he's in dune and other things that yeah. i think this will just be a blip on the radar he'll be fine that's that's a, that's a reasonable point he'll be he'll be all right yeah december 15th 2023 wonka go see it or don't it's really up to you we'll take a short break now come back to talk about another thing that is being revived from the sands of like the early 2000s and i have a lot to say about that too some of it very similar to what i just said but before we take a break and come back to that i would be remiss if i did not shout out our fantastic patreon producer mr stephen keller stephen has been with the show for quite a while now he's had a few guest spots on the show he is a knight at our square table as a result he gets input into the weekly game segment he gets this producer shout out he gets the guest segment which i just mentioned he of course also gets access to the monthly secret segment and the vlog you want to be like stephen you want to be able to wear the shiny suit and have the sword and you know all that all that fun stuff there's also a squire level which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog and a page level which gets you access to the monthly secret segment all of those levels can be found over at patreon.com slash online warriors podcast head over there say hi to us say hi to steven consider giving back to the show that you've hopefully been listening to for hundreds of years i don't know however long this show's been on how long we've we been doing this like two years three years oh god it's like four years seven or eight five years six years seven years i don't know who's keeping track clearly not me but someone is the legal department probably anyways thanks to steven head over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast check us out there and uh we'll be right back to talk about mr and mrs smith hey welcome to the last comic shop podcast a comic book podcast that actually talks about comics yep each week we open the shop up and read and discuss a comic sometimes we pair that up with comic book movies or tv shows or not lots of times it's just comic books and sound effects. Oh, yes. Definitely lots of sound effects. So tune in on all the major podcasting platforms to the Last Comic Shop Podcast. Or check out our library of evergreen shows at www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com. Okay, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. You remember this movie? You know, Angelina Jolie, Brad Pitt. Isn't this uh, where they got together? Batadis. This is where they got together. This movie came out in 2005. It is a it was a, it was a big hit, I believe. Made like a jajillion dollars, 40 487.3 million dollars at the box office, which in 2005 was like a huge deal. Only 59% of Rotten Tomatoes, which I feel like is low. This is a good movie. Let me just start by saying that. The original Mr. and Mrs. Smith, really good movie. Have you guys seen this movie? Yes. It was it's on great. cable all the time. Yeah, I feel like it was on cable constantly. I don't know if I've ever like sat down and actively watched it all the way through, but I've definitely seen the entire movie in bits and pieces through the couch scene. Everyone knows the couch scene. The couch scene. It's it's a good it's it on Wikipedia. It's called a romantic action comedy, which is what it is. And so that brings us to now. So the basic story of the movie is there's a husband and a wife. They are both assassins. They don't know they're assassins. And then suddenly they do know that they're assassins working for competing companies to kill the same person. And then they're given, the, I believe they're given the job to kill each other, but I can't even remember what happens after that. Vince Vaughn is also in it. Great movie. Great movie. They are now turning it into a show on Amazon Prime coming in November of this year, starring Donald Glover, presumably as Mr. Smith, and Maya Erskine as Mrs. Smith. And this is this will not work. Is it because sex appeal? It is. Yes. I, I I do think in large part what made the original movie go and what, what these people aren't understanding now 
is that Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, they were so sensual on screen that they got together in real life afterwards. That is what made the movie go. I love I, I also, you, baby. Like, I, I think another critical aspect of this is that the plot of Mr. and Mrs. Smith, there's just, I, I, I can't imagine stretching this into even one season of television. There, it, granted, the plot may be different for the show, but like, I think the plot of Mr. and Mrs. Smith was very good. It was very self-contained and it had just enough juice to get you through however long the movie was, like two hours. I question if, if the premise is the same, which is there's a husband and a wife who are assassins and they find out they're both assassins. I don't know how you, I don't know how you make a show about that. Like, can, can one of you help me determine that? They're going to drag out the comedic reveal for the first season. Like, so I think the actors that they had chosen are going to work very well for the comedy side of it. I True. Do, I'll, I'll grant you that. The debonair side that is, you know, secret spy a- assassins. I agree. I don't think they have that je ne sais quoi, if I may. They just, they, 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 they seem like there would just be more comedy. And that's that's where yeah. I struggle on this one. But that said, you can drag comedy out a lot more than you can drag sex appeal. And so that's why I think that aspect of it, you might get more of a, um, what was that that goofy spy show? Like in Get Smart, they, they, they had that show running forever. And that's that quirky, fun, comedy spy. So we know Ooh, it's that's possible for them to work it and drag it out into multiple seasons. But like I said, it I think... That's the only chance this show has. You're touching on a good point, I think, of this needs to lean more into comedy than I think than I think the movie did. The movie, the word debonair is a really good word choice. Like, I don't know if I buy Donald Glover as a spy. Uh, exactly, Earth, that's I why know he much could of, I don't be know perfect about. as a spy, right? Yeah, isn't that kind of the point? Is that, you know, they're supposed to be able to blend in, yeah. be and normal maybe, people? And maybe that ends up being a pun in the show. They go, you're, you're not a spy. You're not hot. And he's like, exactly. <laughs> Possibly. Because, I, I, yeah, and that's another good point is like Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie are like the two most spy looking people on the planet. They're like the hottest people ever. Let me ask you They're something. probably good at everything, you know. Would you ever, you ever think I was a spy? Yeah, I could see you as a spy. That's why I'm not a spy. You've a lot of know-how, you know, like you know how. That's that's kind of my thing with you. I think I think you could be a spy. Paul Paul Dano is in this is in this show. I will say that immediately makes me want to watch it. I love Paul Dano. Anything he does, I'm interested in. Just carte blanche, that guy. But yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know about this one. I really don't. I have Prime Video. The chances of me watching it are up just because of that. But I worry this is going to be another show. Like, what was the spy show they did that no one watched that cost them like a jillion dollars? Citadel. Oh yeah, the Citadel. one with um, I don't even. The guy. The guy and the girl. You guys yeah. are nailing. It. Uh, She's married yeah, we're, to we're, Jonah's we're, brother. I know that's not all she's known for. Uh, Priyanka Chopra. There we go. Priyanka and the guy, one of the Starks, Richard Madden. They're both spies. It was a huge show. It like cost lots of money and I don't think anyone watched it. For all I know, it's coming back for season two. But yeah, I just, I would hope this doesn't have as big of a budget. I think you're right though. I think, I think the comedy potentially has juice. I've watched Community and Donald Glover was hilarious in that show. And I've heard Atlanta is really good. I haven't watched any of it. Maya Erskine, most people probably know her for Pen15, which I've also heard is really funny, but I haven't watched it. So again, we're, we're talking about two heavy hitters in, in comedy, really, and not exactly heavy hitters in like being spies. So yeah, again, November 2023, this one comes out. We'll see. I, I mean, we got a quote unquote first look at this this week. It was really a 10 second clip of those two people being 
in the show. So I think we're going to get a, a more detailed trailer at some point, which will tell us more about what the show actually is going to be. But for now, it's left up to our imaginations. And uh, the imagination is a, a large and dangerous place. So we'll leave, it, we'll leave it at that for now. And moving to what are you up to Wednesday? And uh, I feel like I've gone first the past couple of weeks. So I'm going to shift things to someone else. And that someone else is Nerd Bomber. Nerd Bomber, what have you been up to? Oh boy, what have I been up to? We watched a movie. We watched Renfield. Yes, we watched Renfield. You Thank watched you. Renfield. We watched Renfield. Okay. It is currently streaming on Peacock right now. So if you have Peacock, you can go watch Renfield for free. Well, I mean, you've paid for Peacock, so not for free, but it's on there. I do not have Peacock, but go on. It was not as funny as I expected it to be, especially given the cast. I think I expected it to be a little bit funnier. I mean, you have, I mean, I guess Nicholas Holt isn't that known for being super funny but aquafina is aquafina really is and i felt like just in the last few things that nick cage has been in he's been like quirky funny so i guess i just expected it to be a little bit more of a comedy than it was i would say it was probably more of like an action movie through you didn't even mention all the funny people that were in there who else was it sonic the hedgehog yeah Ben Schwartz. Ben Ben Schwartz, isn't it like that dude is super funny i guess i just expected it to be funnier and it really wasn't. They were all just kind of like every now and then there would be a one-liner, but most of it was just kind of like the people and you serious. You were expecting to be funny. Were either trying to be badasses or to have like honor and gravitas. And it was tell me about my guy Nick. How was Nick as Dracula? Dark. Like he played a that's, decent that's evil Dracula. Like he was definitely creepy enough for sure. And I will say the prosthetics team, those teeth that he had really grody so props to them for that because you know a plus really did kind of weird me out a little bit so i'm i guess i'm kind of glad because this was one that i think i'd wanted to see like and maybe not in theaters but like in a drive-in because i remember being up at the drive-in a while back and i wanted to go see it and then it just never happened and i think i'm kind of glad that i didn't pay money for it because like it was entertaining but it just wasn't what i was expecting i just thought it would be a funnier take on dracula and I think, like Tectic said, too much of everybody tried to be a little bit too earnest, which, fine, yeah. but it's supposed to be over the top. So, like, I don't know if it had the right balance for me personally. My, my sense of this movie was as follows. I saw the trailer. I saw Nicolas Cage was Dracula, and I it was sensory overload, and I kind of shut off after that. I do remember, like, the jokes, the, the, trailer, the joke in the trailer that was like, you're the guy who brings Dracula his Postmates. I was like, that's not funny. <laughs> I think that was, like, one of the headlining jokes of the trailer. So I don't know if I would have expected it to be super funny, but like you said, given the cast, I would have expected it to have some some chuckles. And like, I'm not um, saying so it was good to know. bad. It was entertaining. I was entertained. I'm just, it's one of those movies where I'm glad I didn't necessarily pay full price at a theater to see. Yeah, I, I, get, I get that. I've seen many movies like that. Tactic, did you have any thoughts on it? Yeah. When you're watching it, I want you to think limitless adrenaline shot. That's a callback to some of our pre-show chatter. Dracula is one of my biggest fears. Like child illegal, super afraid of Dracula and vampires. Really? Yo, no shit. I was too. Yeah, I was not. I wanted to be Dracula as a little kid. Not so. That's messed up. I don't know where your fear stemmed from, but mine. There was some scary movie. It was around Halloween, and I was like maybe three years old. And I very vividly remember though in this movie, and it was like an old timey. It must have been like from like the sixties, seventies. I don't know. But Dracula's coffin was in somebody's like closet. And then he like the coffin opened when they opened the door and he popped out. And my parents had this walk-in closet 
in their room. And it was the only walk-in closet in the house. The rest of us just had like the little small ones with the sliding door. And every time I went in their room at nighttime, like I avoided their walk-in closet because I was convinced that Dracula's coffin was in there. For me, it was the basement. I I had recurring nightmares about Dracula for for like years, guys. Like years of, of recurring nightmares. I don't I don't I think what started it was a book, but I can't remember the book. I'll have to look look into that on my own time. But yeah, I mean I wouldn't be like terrified of Renfield if I like watched it now. But Yeah, I, he was not that scary. But like I said, the prosthetics were good. And actually, this kind of pivots into the book that I read and finished, I think even before you know, or after the episode last week, I don't think I talked about this, but the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. I don't usually read horror books. I didn't realize this was a horror book. I think I just picked it up because I had seen it. The title kind of gave it away. I thought it was going to be more like tongue in cheek based on the title. I didn't think it would be like a relatively serious horror book, but it was very riveting. And I think I finished it in a matter of days and it was quite good. So if you like spooky, scary stuff, I would say it was kind of akin to not Stephen King's darkest stuff, but the last Stephen King book I read was Sleeping Beauties. And I think kind of in terms of vibe, I would give it like totally approximately that scary level, but a much shorter book than that one. And it just kept me hooked. I just kept reading. I think I went to bed the one night at like two in the morning because I just needed to finish. I love books like that. They just keep you. Awesome. So you were really into vampires this week. Yeah. I don't know how that happened. I didn't pick the movie, to be fair. That was all Technic's doing. Like, I gave him a list of options, and that was the one he he landed on, so. Cool. I told her if she picks what she wants to eat with the dinner, I'll pick a movie. (laughs) Ah, yes. The old bargain. Is that that it? Are we going to move to Technic? We can. Take it away. Okay. So, we had a lovely campfire, and we, a while back, we went on a wine tour, and we bought this peach sparkly wine and just sat around the campfire sipping on our peach sparkly wine it was talking moscato ah it was kind of like a champagne honestly i I don't know what it was it was dark fire but it was delicious it was relaxing and in this time of the year i always recommend campfires period just period they're fantastic and then the other thing is so over the last week i um i requested that Nerd Bomber and Illegal actually make their characters because, guys, things are moving. I've got level creation down. I've got sprite animation down. And now we're, we're starting to import the graphics and get everything down. And once once I get all the graphics imported and all of the different movements and thing like things like that down, then comes powers. So I've been really disciplined on like allocating a few hours at least every single week and sometimes every single day if possible to just keeping this moving along. That's one of my biggest pitfalls with hobbies. And I told myself come 2023, I was really going to buckle down on whatever hobbies I do. So... Things are moving. I feel like you're making incredibly fast progress. So uh, you're you're holding to your mission. Yeah. And uh, I'm impressed. I'll, I'll say it. So that's me. Cool, man. Well, it happened. It happened, I think, a day after we recorded last week. Because first of all, the release schedule for Mission Impossible Death Reckoning Part 1 doesn't didn't make any sense. It premiered on like a Monday. We record the show on Mondays. So I went to see it on Tuesday. And let me give my, my mini... Re- I have a lot to say. Let me get my mini review. Here it is. Speaking as a, a fan of the franchise, seen all the movies multiple times. This was not the best Mission Impossible movie. Let me just dispel that notion entirely. I'm not sure there are many oh, people really? saying it necessarily. 
but this is not the best i don't know why you're i don't know why you're approaching me with that tone sir but no it was it was it was not the best fallout is is and was and is the best one yet uh, in my opinion this was pretty good i mean it was still like what you see is kind of what you get with these movies that's one of the things that's great about them you can probably predict the plot before you go in and i pretty much did he's fighting against ai like it's it's kind of like timely in a way what what what's going on in this movie it's obviously like nonstop. i i tell you what my biggest takeaway is though and i'm sorry i just i don't i don't often do this but i have no choice in this particular case so you, you guys know Haley atwell she was uh she was peggy carter in the marvel movies right oh she's also the hottest woman alive this movie oh my goodness it is just like you could first of all you could argue she's the main character in this movie they are starting to pivot away from tom cruise and they are setting her up to do things without getting into spoilers that's what they're that's what they're it seems like they might be doing but oh my goodness i would i, I want have to hand. say holistically just based on like the twitter threads surrounding this movie overall the female cast are just really strong impressive yeah. actresses like they just yes they're they were the real show tom cruise take a back seat well i also yeah and like palm clementif does not have many lines in this movie but but that's what makes her so amazing that's what everyone's clamoring about she was basically silent art yeah it's a purposeful character choice and it works really well vanessa kirby is back she was in the previous movie before this and she's still good and then you know even moving away from the female i mean rebecca ferguson who's been in the past few but like simon pegg really really good like i i do think that like some of the best parts of what the mission franchise has become has been like simon pegg kind of joining in like the third movie and his character evolving and now being like a really pivotal piece in the overarching story that has developed in the later movies ving rames he's been in every single one i think in the past four movies you have not seen him standing up he's always sitting down it's great he's on the computers it's it's just like it's a great summer movie it's really really entertaining it's it's gonna make a lot of money i think it's doing really well so far i would recommend it especially if you're a fan of the franchise i will say if you're not a fan of the franchise you're gonna be pretty confused for a lot like there's there's subtext certainly but there's also like if you want to just go and watch tom cruise you know almost destroy his body then there's there's no better way to do it so that happened the other thing i wanted to update on uh, and i think you guys might have watched this show but Maybe you haven't started watching Jury Duty. Did you guys watch Jury Duty? So oh, yeah, like we're, like we're we're late to this party, and we were, we've been recommended it by a number of people. You guys, I'm sure, recommended it to me when you were watching it. We're not that. I think we're like we're halfway through. I think we're like we've watched four or five episodes. It's really good. It's it's man, it's really unique. Like I will say, it, it's taking so in their like the early 2000s and onward, we've we've gotten a, a better sense for this like whole mockumentary format. But this takes it to the next level where like. I, I don't like it seems like because there's, there's a lot of unknown actors and there's some people that you do know but there's a lot of unknown actors and i'm like the whole stick of the show is like the, there's this guy who's been kind of put in this scenario and he's the only one that doesn't know and like everyone else is a paid actor and i'm like is that really what it is or is that what the show says it is and all of it's scripted and like i think it's the latter but like i also don't want to look it up because I, I want to just like experience the show for what it is and then learn everything about it afterwards james marsden is in it and he is james, probably the funniest yeah, part he is fantastic he is he is the most consistently hilarious like pitch perfect part of it the entire time and also the part that leads you to believe that the whole thing is scripted because no one is like that but it's just like man it's really really entertaining the other good thing about it is the episodes are like 20 some minutes long so you can burn through them we will be finishing it this week most likely and uh yeah really enjoying that so far i'm a big fan of i think her name was janine the girl kind of who's the messy like, one hitting on the yeah who's hitting on the got the kid yeah. yes yes that whole thing she <laughs> she is she, 
she is probably my favorite character besides james marsden james marsden is too good he's my favorite one but she is also amazing really good really good idea for a show and you know i don't not knowing how it ends i don't know if there's like upcoming seasons uh, or what, I what, to what they're going to do about but so many things that were just ridiculous i'm so excited that you're watching that yeah ho- ho- hold your tongue for now because again there's there's stuff a lot of stuff i don't know but yeah really really entertaining so far so going to be sticking with sticking with that also next week this is not part of my what are you up to this week but next week i will be gone so you're gonna have to deal with these two schmucks for an episode uh, i think you'll be all right i think you guys will get through it but if you don't then it's whatever the show is doomed i, I don't know before i go though I have a quiz to administer. As I was the winner of last week, a quick update on the quiz tracking, the quiz rankings. Technic is the top dog, seven and six. Congrats to Technic. I'm at seven and nine. Nerd Bomber at six and nine. Steven, three and oh. So actually, Steven is really the top dog. But Nerd Bomber, you have a chance this week to. Well, you, you have a chance to do something very interesting. If you win, you and I would both be seven and nine. Technic would be seven and seven. So basically, like it's like we're just all tied at that point. I'm not going to say I'm rooting for you, but I'm not not rooting for you because I think that would be very interesting. The quiz topic this week, William Joel. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, his work. Billy Joel, guys. We're talking about Billy Joel. You guys know about Billy Joel? You know, the piano man guy. That's not one of the questions. That's just how you should know Billy Joel. Uh, so this is all going to be numerical prices right style sort of stuff. I got five questions. I have a tiebreaker if I need it. And uh, we're just going to start with one of, the, one of the basic online warrior staple quiz questions. How old is William Martin, Joel. And uh, we'll start with Tactic. 72. Man, Nerd Bomber. I'm going to use my plus one early, 73. A crucial plus one. William Joel was born May 9th, 1949, making him 74 years old. So that was a good plus one. Using your plus one early to great effect. Nerd Bomber is on the board. Tracking from that, my next question. One of his biggest songs, arguably his most popular and biggest song. What put him on the map? Piano Man. In what year was this song released? 1981. That's a strong guess. 1980. No. I'm going to say 1970. That was a good guess, Tactic. 1973. He was, he was 24 when this came out. You know, Nerd Bomber, I appreciate your answer because I like to think that people can break late, you know? Like, he's whatever, 32 or whatever, however old he was at 1981, and he's making Piano Man. Uh, well, I no, didn't even think that that was like his first breakout. Was that his breakout for sure? Piano Man, was, I, I believe Piano Man was like his breakout. I don't have that information in front of me, but I, I think so. Certainly one of his earlier, earlier ventures. You know, next question. I got a lot of questions for me. I got to pick which one I think is best. How many Grammy Awards has Billy Joel won? It's one to one, by the way, all tied up. This is, this is, this is intense. This was 21. I'm going to say five. I feel like 21's overshooting it. It's hard to win a Grammy, right? Man, it, well, it is hard to win a Grammy. Nerd Bomber, you're, you're putting some close guesses in today. Six. He's won six Woo. Grammy Awards, including Song of the Year and Album of the Year. I do think that 21... Gosh, I don't know if there's anyone who has 21 Grammy Awards. They're probably... I is, was trying to be strategic. Like you thought I would like go over and bust? Yeah. I was trying because I... It, Not so. Yeah. Well, that brings us then to how many top 40 hits has Billy Joel had in the United States. Now this is so, you know, you have to exit the critical lens of the Grammys and decide what, what are the what are the real salt of the earth folks think of Billy Joel's music? How many top 40 hits in the United States has he had? I think he's had 8, 9, a solid plus one, 33. Guys, 33. I'm not going to list them all here, but Uptown Girl, We Didn't Start the Fire, Just the Way You Are. I mentioned Piano Man before. I mean, there's, there's been a lot. He puts out banger after banger. That is that is for sure. So 
that means we are tied up going into the last question. Do I have that right? Correct. Two two. Uh, this is intense. Nurbomber gets last ups. That is her right as, you know, not having as good a record. The biggest. Uh, well, how many? No, hang on. How many studio albums has Billy Joel released? Eight, 21. And Nerdbomber. This feels like deja vu. I'll say five. 13. Lucky number 13. Yes. Uh, Nerdbomber takes it. The dream lives on. And uh, Nerdbomber moves seven and nine. Tactic to seven and seven. So we all have seven wins on the year. We've accomplished nothing. We're all exactly as smart as, as each other. No, but it's by percentage. So I'm here. still in first. If you want to get technical, that's true. It's my I would rather not get technical. technical. Uh, that's a good point. Next time all three of us are back together on the show, there will be a showdown for supremacy between Tectic and myself. And uh, yeah, I plan on winning. I, I've, I've said that a lot on this show, but I, I always mean it and I rarely deliver. Be ready for that. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Head over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review if you liked the show or any part of the show. Hit us up on Twitter, at OWLeo86, at OWTactic, at OWNerdBomber. Our main show account, at OnlineWarriors1, and our threads account, OnlineWarriorsPodcast. Check us out over there. Do I put the at still? I think I do, right? It's still at? I think so? Question mark? It's, it's, like, it's like the squiggly thread symbol. You'll figure it out. And yeah, you know, in the meantime, keep eating ice cream for dinner, stay safe, and keep on podcasting.